Welcome aboard, Giants fans, to episode 44 of Talk is Cheap, our New York Giants podcast on NJ.com. A very special edition of Talk is Cheap, as this is kind of your one-stop shop for NFL free agency as we look at it from the Giants' perspective. And the Giants set to be, or could be, one of the most active teams. They certainly have the ability to do that with just under $60 million in cap space when this whole frenzy opens up this week. So we have Jordan Renan, we have James Scratch, our Giants reporters, to talk about what the Giants could do, should do, and, and might do over the next couple of weeks. Jordan, we'll start with you. This should be, this should be a fun week here. It's going to be busy. The Giants are going to be busy. They're going to be involved, and get ready for this. I've heard this from a couple of people now. They're going to be involved in pretty much every defensive free agent on the market. They're going to check in and sort of move from there because they have so many moving parts. There's so many moving pieces. There's so many holes, and they're going to address, try and address as many as humanly possible. So get ready for the Giants to be, their name to be out there with pretty much everybody from top to bottom, starting with the biggest defensive free agents to even like the second tier, third tier guys. And they should be, considering all the holes, like you said there, Jordan, they have. And uh, James, for you, we had a story um, that you guys had put up on NJ.com last week about uh, kind of how, you know, an ex-GM, I think it was Bill Polian, kind of a, a little bit scared to build a team through free agency. And the Giants could do that to an extent on defense. You think there'll be any trepidation at all from from the Giants? or And then we can include fans in that, too, that maybe they'd spend too much here? Or they just need talent and they just need it any way they could get it? I mean, I guess there always could be trepidation that you might overpay guys and you might not be able to, to get everything you want in free agency. But, I mean, if the Giants just want to build this thing through the draft, well, see you in four years. I mean, they have major depth issues. They don't really have a choice. They have to spend money in free agency because if they don't, they're not going to be any good again. And Isn't that what free agency is all about? Overspending? Yeah. Spending more than spending. you think guys are probably worth? I mean, if you want to hem and haw and say, well, this guy's not worth this and this guy's not worth that, there's like 15 teams behind you that'll pay him that. And then you're going to be stuck holding on to, you know, what, $58 million in cap space? I mean, no one wants to be caught holding the bag at the end of this. Yeah, that's a dumb expression. I mean, you are what the market says you are. That is what you're worth. So if that's what the market is saying you're worth, I mean, that's, you know, that's what a player of that caliber is worth right now. Not like, oh, Prince Mukamara doesn't, he's not an $8 million player. Well, you know, the, the cap goes up. So the guy, what you think is an $8 million player two years ago isn't an $8 million player now. That guy who was $8 million is like $10 million now. Right, it constantly changes. And I guess if you get a good player and a, one that's still ascending on a contract in two years, what may look expensive, like you're kind of alluding to there, won't look as expensive. All right, before we get into names, before we get into ideas of what the Giants might do and, and where this whole picture may come together over the next couple of weeks, for each of you, how would you prioritize the needs and really what are the needs? We know defense, but if you were to list the, you know, Jordan, we'll start with you, go to James. If you were to list the needs in order you think the Giants should approach them this offseason, starting with free agency here, uh, how would you do it and, and maybe break down which levels of defense rather than just you know, defense, which is obviously the biggest need. So, Jordan, start with you. Kind of prioritize the needs as you see them. Number, I'll do three, okay? Number one to me is pass rusher. I'm not even going to call it defensive end because I think they need to improve their pass rushing ability on the interior as well. So if it's a defensive tackle, that maybe takes a little bit of pressure off what you need to get on the end. So I'm going to say pass rusher, number one. Middle linebacker, number two. And number three, offensive line you can't go into the you can't go in with the right side of the offensive line the way it is right now what right now we'd have Marshall Newhouse as the right tackle and either Bobby Hart or uh 
John Jerry is your right guard. You got to have, you got to get veteran proven starter at one of those two spots. So to me, pass rusher, middle linebacker, who's obviously the leader, the signal caller of your defense, need one of those. Got to, got to protect yourself in free agency because not so easy to get those guys in the draft. Let's say the guy they like in middle linebacker is not there at 10. Then what do you do? You got to force it in the second or third round. That is a recipe for absolute disaster. So pass rusher, middle linebacker, offensive line. James, how do you prioritize these teams? And there's a lot of them here as, as we get going in this thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, I would, I'll put middle linebacker first just because, you know, I know for a lot of the offseason, I thought that free safety would be the number one thing. And I still think that's really important. But, you know, in terms of last year with the tight, tight ends, this opposing tight ends shredded the Giants every week. I think the linebacker was a big reason why. Um, and that's a spot that they should definitely focus on. Because, I mean, look, they might think that a guy like Nat Burhey or Bennett Jackson or Michael Thompson could potentially be an answer at free safety, and they might want to work that out. And I mean, I don't think they can count on that, but they might want to pursue that in some direction. They don't have a line. I mean, yeah, they could re-sign Jasper Brinkley, and I think that would be a smart signing, but he's probably not a three-down guy or a guy that you want to start going forward. Um, they definitely need to get a middle linebacker. Number two, I would take Jordan's number one pass rush all over the board. You know what? Uh, you know, the Broncos showed us in the Super Bowl what a pass rush does. They desperately need that. They did not have it last season. And third, I'll say wide receiver just because they don't know what they're going to get out of Victor Cruz, and they clearly need a second playmaker to go next to Odell Beckham. And it's not a really great draft for receivers. So I don't know if it's a guy like Sanu or, or, or Marvin Jones or someone, but they got to have somebody that can complement Beckham and allow them to – have a little bit more margin of error with Cruz as he comes back and they try to figure out what it is he can do. Now you notice both of us left off safety, even though we both think it's a huge, it was a huge void. It was an absolute disaster this past season. But when we're ranking it, they have just so many huge needs that on the list of huge needs for the Giants, like like you said, I mean, I'll take my chances with those three young guys that you named and Michael Thompson, uh, Bennett Jackson, or Nat Burhey. Before I take my chances at you know middle linebacker with uh, JT Thomas and those guys, or or a wide receiver like you said with uh, you know throwing guys like Jeremy Davis and Dwayne Harris into the number two role, there's just so even though free safety obviously a huge huge void on this list, it didn't even make either of our top threes, which just shows you how much work they have to do. Yeah, it really does. I mean, you think about the games last year and, and how. I mean, they were lost back there at times. And the fact that it's not either of your top three needs, it's just like you're saying there. It shows that this team has a, a lot of work to do. It starts this week. Before we get into the names, and there's so many, even with all the guys that were tagged last week, there's still so many, I think, impact-free agents and interesting ones that maybe a little past their prime but maybe would still fit a team like the Giants. Before we get into those names, the Giants do have their own free agents to deal with. We talked about them a couple weeks ago on the podcast and kind of prioritized them. How do you think it's going to work here? Jordan, we'll start with you in terms of does every free agent now, to the Giants at least, kind of go in the same pot, or will they try to deal with theirs first? And I mean, look, JPP is a free agent. They need help with a pass rush. Prince of Mukamura is a free agent. If they lose him, they obviously need help a corner. Robert Ayers, again, goes with the pass rush. So how do you think the Giants will balance trying to retain their own if they want them compared to all the other guys out there? Yeah, well, that's where the negotiating window, the two-day was a Monday, I believe, it believes Monday at 4 p.m., and it runs till Wednesday at 4 p.m. when guys can start signing. That window is where the Giants will get really 
intense with their own guys. So, okay, Jason Pierre-Paul and Prince Mukamara and Robert Ayers will officially be able to go out, get numbers and offers you know, from other teams and see exactly what the number is, and then they bring it back to the Giants, and the Giants will make that decision and say, okay, you know, Robert Ayers, three years, $18 million, you know, $10 million guarantee. Do we want to pay that? Uh, you know, same with JPP. If he brings a multi-year offer, I think you could pretty much say, okay, you know, if it's a real multi-year offer and the money's real in any years besides the first year, you could probably say goodbye to JPP. You turn your attention, okay, we need to concentrate on bringing in a veteran like Mario Williams uh, or Chris Long or Charles Johnson or something of the sort. I mean, or Olivier Vernon. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see exactly where they go. I think it all is contingent on where they are with their own guys and which ones of them they could bring back. And then you start going and say, okay, now we're going to go out target this guy as outside free agents. So they're free agents first. Uh, they'll, they'll get their chance to see what the market is for them, and they'll come back to the Giants. We'll have, and you'll, you'll pretty much know where those guys stand by, I don't know, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then uh, moving forward, then we'll find out for real which guys the Giants have prioritized. I think there's going to be a big defensive lineman that they go hard after Malik Jackson or Olivier Vernon one of the two I think I mean you got it look this team needs defensive talent and they need to go towards the top of the free agency pool now here's the thing most of the top guys are signed so I ask you guys who are who are the top free agents out there I mean what players do you guys view as saying okay you know there's no there's no Ndamukong Sue this year you know, those guys that have been there the past couple of years, some of the big guys, there's no Darrell Revis. Who's the biggest free agent out there? Number one on my list right now, after the tags all were given out, is Osamele, the offensive lineman for the Ravens. So when you're talking about top-of-the-line free agents, we're already talking those B players that Bill Polian talked about instead of the A guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, uh, Jordan. That'd be my top guy, too, as you were saying. it. And that's not nothing against him. It's just, the, the I guess, the reality of the fact that you know, Von Miller was tagged. Alshon Jeffrey was tagged. So, like you're saying there, those guys that just pop, they might not be there. I mean, there still are good players. Like, uh, like this lineman we're talking about is a good player. I mean, Vernon's a really good player. So, they could get good players, but... We're not talking stars, though. We're not talking no, pro we're, bowlers. No, you know, no, we're, we're not. pretty much not talking pro bowlers in, in free agency. That's not where you're going to get. No, I think the interesting part is that there's an interesting mix, at least to me, of the guys that are available there's there's those players like the b plus players we're talking about that maybe still are ascending but maybe this is what they are and then there are those former stars like mario williams just for one example eric weddle uh, who's been one of the better safeties in the nfl but now over the age of 30 james how do you think the giants are gonna play this i mean ideally in free agency in the nfl or any sport you want younger players but they're Mm -hmm. probably gonna cost more i mean the giants do you think it would be a mix do you think they will just rule out the older guys i mean how do you think they play it when there's that mix out there of, you know, young guys are going to command a lot of money, maybe older ones that can still help, but they're older. I mean, I think that in terms of the older guys, I think one thing to watch is you're Mario Williams, you're Eric Weddle, you are, uh, you know, a guy like that, Matt Forte. I mean, not, not that the Giants be looking for running back, but does a 30, 31-year-old guy want to come to the Giants and and – be with a team that might be rebuilding for the next year or two, or they want to go someplace where they can win and win now. 
Yeah, you could throw no, Derek enough, Johnson enough in money, there too. Enough money, you, you're yeah. gonna come, right? <laughs> you would think, but I'm just saying, guy, enough money. Hey, uh, you know, I think you could get him to come. <laughs> I'm almost wondering if what Evan Mathis did this past season, where a guy took less money to go to a team that he thought could win the Super Bowl, and they got he won the Super Bowl. If that, I mean, I know that's one player, but if that might start to be a trend where you know guys take a little bit less to go to a place where they think they can win now. Yeah, consider and, me skeptical on that one too, by the way. Yeah. But I'm just saying the Giants are not really I'm a win story now. I'm talking about. Sorry. Yeah. Just go ahead, James. Sorry. No. I the Giants are just not really a win now team, I don't I, I don't think. So th- that some veterans might kind of take themselves out of the ring. But I mean, if I were the Giants, I, I would take think Olivier Vernon is the top guy in the market, and I would go after him hard and try to make a statement of we're gonna our goal is to re- revitalize this defense. We're going to spend the money. We're going to land this guy who we think is who we're going to pitch as the best free agent defender on the market, and he's we're going to pay him what it takes to bring him in. I mean, will that work? Who knows? But that's what I would do if I were Jerry Reese. Don't you have to go after Vernon or Malik Jackson if you're I think this you team? have to. One of those two guys. I mean, you, can you, re- you have to get a good young guy like that you can sort of have for five years, don't, don't you? I think one of those two spots. Yeah, because the, because like we're saying, the pass rush is such a such a need that they need. I mean, we've said this for weeks now. They need three or four guys all together, whether it be the draft, whether it be a, a, a you know a lower level free agent and a big one. So yeah, you would think you'd have to go after both of the the top two, hoping you land one. Yeah, because I'm not sure. To be honest with you, I'm not. I'm not so sure it's that easy to get that guy in the draft. That, you know, yeah. first number 10 pick is not, it doesn't seem to be the best spot for a, a top pass rusher. That just doesn't seem to be the way the draft is going to play out here. So, uh, to me, you got to get one of those two guys, a pass rushing lineman that, that really, you know, is, is 20 something years old and is going to be there for five, five years, the next four or five years at least. And then that's something you could sort of build around because. They need building blocks on defense. You really want your building blocks to come from the draft, but they just don't have that right now. They really don't. I mean, who's who's a building block on that defense? Well, I mean, if Kennard Hank, stays Hank healthy, yeah. I don't even know if Kennard is, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, he's a good player. I'm not. I'm. I'm not into saying that's a potential Pro Bowl player for me. You know? Okay. I don't. I, I, you are you at that point? I no, I don't. Th- I don't know. If Pro Bowl is the right word I would use. No, I agree with you on that front. No, they need building blocks. And look, I mean, I if you sign Vernon, if you get to have a press conference and Vernon Malik Jackson puts the Giants cap on their head and you know, it's all smiles, I mean, that's going to create excitement and start to create a path forward for this team. They, I think Jordan's right. They have to get one of those two guys. Yeah, I'm not really sure Vernon's even a building, like a real building block player, but at least you know what you're getting. A very good, a good, solid player, seven sacks a year, a guy who's going to pressure the quarterback pretty much, pretty consistently. Uh, so, I mean, that's as close as we're, you're going to get here. So that's basically what you have to settle for. Jordan, a few minutes ago, when we started this episode, you had said they're going to be in basically on everyone. And then, you know, we'll see how this whole thing plays out and where, you know, who really fits them and then money and all that and how it fits. But my question to you is, how fluid is this compared to how much of a plan do you think they have? I mean, if we're being realistic here, they could call each of the top six free agents maybe on their list at each position, whether it be Vernon, Jackson, uh, Osemele, uh, Weddle. I mean, whoever we want to say is their top guy at each position. 
obviously they're not going to get the top guy at every single position, that cap room, and, and it will evaporate fast. So is there a pecking order, you think, for them where they say, all right, we need to get the top two defensive linemen, blah, 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 and then we'll settle for a mid-tier offensive I'm Like, in your mind, do you think this is truly fluid where if they land one of the top guys here, maybe they go a little bit less somewhere else? Or do you think there's a plan that they might have here? I think there's a plan, but I also I think it's somewhere in between. You know, like, there's a plan that they're going to go after the defensive lineman first and middle linebacker as well, and then sort of move from there and see where everything stands for there. Like, if they don't – fine. If they don't get the guys that they're targeting there, then maybe they go to a higher target at safety. Or maybe then they go to a higher target on the offensive line. So I think there's a plan, and the plan involves defensive lineman first, and then if that doesn't work out as they expected, uh, then they sort of pri- I don't know, increase the priority of other positions, namely offensive line, maybe even wide receiver a little bit, uh, you know, move into that Marvin Jones hunt. Uh, but again, look at the guys we're talking about, Marvin Jones and Olivier Vernon. Last year, listen to some of the names on the, on the free agent market last year. Ready? Nadamakan Sue. Darrell Revis, Jeremy Macklin, and Julius Thomas. Is there a wide receiver as good as Macklin this year? No. Is no. there a tight end as good as Julius Thomas? Nope. No cornerback as good as Revis? Not even close. No. A defensive ta- alignment as good as Sue? Not even no. close. Yeah, so I mean, you know, this is what the Giants are working with. It's, uh, and even the year before, I mean, Eric Decker. Is he better than any wide receiver in that class? Probably. He's, better than, he's a lot better than Randall, yeah. Yeah, Vontae Davis at cornerback, DRC at cornerback, Brandon Albert at left tackle, Lakeeb Tlaib at cornerback. I mean, this is not the greatest free agent class. So, I mean, the Giants are going to – they're not – they're going to go after some of the top guys. And I think if, if those happen to fall through, they're going to be – I don't know. I, I, then it'll be interesting to see what they do from there. I, they'll have to, I think, look at alternative – solutions and that in the nfl means making trades and that's not an easy thing and that'll be a a a tricky thing to do james do you think they're in a good spot here you know with the way they might be viewed across the nfl with these guys who are looking for money they have a lot of money to spend uh i know the jaguars have a lot i know the raiders do those teams historically even though the raiders and both of those teams i guess look like they're on the way up but still they haven't done anything in a very long time the giants probably can at least point to, we have Eli Manning. We have Odell Beckham Jr. We're in a division that can be won next year, plus we have all this money. I mean, do you think this will be looked at by these guys who are looking for a combination between a good spot and a lot of money as, as a good destination? I'm sure some guys will look at the Giants as a destination, but I think most guys are just going to go where, where the money is. Um, it's a good spot. I mean, you know, it's definitely a spot where a guy can come in and, Make an impact and play, and especially for a defensive guy. A defensive guy, you know, if if those top guys, you know, start to fall off and the Giants don't get them, this the Giants would be a place where a defensive player kind of maybe gets overpaid a little bit because they desperately need something. Yeah, they would. They would need to get something in here and, and make sure they have um, a, a really big splash at some point to add a, a player or two or three. To the fold. Jordan, you mentioned a couple minutes ago with the draft and you can't kind of catch yourself needing something there. So do you think that the Giants will just kind of put the draft aside over the next couple weeks and just pursue free agents as they go and then whatever they need left and whatever the best player left? Like, 
How much of a marriage in your mind between free agency and what they think they could get or like in a draft is there, or is there not really one? Yeah, I think it's very little, to be honest with you. I, try, I always say this to people. I think that that's one of the most overrated things you could find. Just think about the logic to it, right? You need an offensive lineman, right? You have the tenth. You have the tenth pick. You don't get that offensive lineman in free agency. You leave yourself basically without a starting right tackle. What happens if the two tackles that you like in the top ten are off the board when you pick a ten? Then you have to pick a, the third tackle, who maybe you think is a second rounder because you're so stuck. Like, what do you do at that point? I, I think I just don't see that as the way teams operate. I think that would be an extremely flawed way of operating. If you did that, you have to at least give yourself a contingency plan. Now, the Giants' contingency plan last year was Marshall Newhouse, which in retrospect probably wasn't a very good contingency plan. So to me, the solution is you really need a better contingency plan just in case. Like, what if they didn't get Eric Flowers last year? How, what would the Giants' offensive line been then? So. Yeah, it would, have, it would have been a total mess. I agree with you. I mean, I think sometimes probably there is – there's a certain there's certain depth to a draft class in certain areas where you could say, well, I'm not going to overpay a mediocre receiver. Like two years ago when Beckham's receiver class came out, no matter where you drafted, you probably felt like I could get a guy that could play. So maybe that would, would play into it a little bit. But for the most part, I do agree with you. Like if you have a major need and you have money available, you can't just wish and hope for the end of April, beginning of May, whenever the draft the draft falls this year. You, you can't. I mean, James, are you kind of on the same pages as Jordan and I with that? Or do, or do you think the draft maybe plays into the Giants thinking a little bit more? Uh, no, I think I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys. I think that, you know, obviously they probably know what they would like to get with the number 10 pick. And maybe, you know, if, if they decided, well, we, you know, just throwing a name, if they said, well, we really like Shaq Lawson. And I'm not saying they do, you know, or any defensive lineman, they might say, okay, well, we don't have to, you know, we won't add as many defensive linemen in free agency because we're planning on having that guy in the spot. But I, I think Jordan's right. I think it's this thing where you basically find, find what you can in free agency and then you reassess the situation going forward as we approach the draft. I do think that you have to be mindful of where is the draft strong this year, where is it weak this year. And you know, So maybe, for That's instance, receiver. You know, you don't, if you don't really like the receiver crop, you don't think there's a, lot of, there's a major guys there you know you like then maybe you do spend a couple million dollars more on a receiver like Marvin Jones or Muhammad Sanu or Richard Matthews knowing that we're probably not going to be able to get something that we like as a number two receiver in the draft next month yeah I think more than anything it's you know like you said the position's okay even forget okay there's not that many receivers it's the other way around is the only thing they could kind of count on is all right, we need to. We know we can get a defensive lineman, a defensive tackle. That's what. That's the strongest part of this draft. Yeah. At some point in our first three picks, so we maybe we can leave a little space at defensive line because then we have some breathing room. Then we have sort of a three round buffer where they can get a guy. But if you're talking about offensive tackle, you say then you're like, oh, I mean, if you're going to pencil in an offensive tackle, you better. Darn well, make sure that that offensive tackle is a first rounder. He's going to struggle enough if he's a first rounder. So you know you don't have that buffer to say, okay, we're going to get an offensive tackle to start for us in the first three rounds. I think maybe you could say we can get a contributing defensive tackle at some point in these first three rounds. That's the only thing they could count on from this draft. 
let's make some predictions here. This is what we'll do. We'll go, we'll go around. All, all three of us will do this. Give me someone like a bigger name, one of the big names you predict or you think could land with the Giants. And then give me someone, and I'm sure you – I know you guys have written about this and listed your top 50 and all these free agents. There's so many of them beyond just the top guys that we talked about. So give me a top guy you think the Giants will or could land. And then give me someone maybe under the radar that, you know, the average fan might say, who is that guy when the Giants give him a four- or five-year deal? But he turns out to be a contributor. Could be like a Dwayne Harris from last year, or maybe a little bit more high-profile than that. So uh, we'll start with Jordan, go to James, and then I'll give mine a high-profile guy, and then maybe someone under the radar you think land here soon. My high-profile guy, I'm going to start with Malik Jackson. He just makes a lot of sense for them. He's pretty much one of the only real proven commodities that you know. This is a quality defensive lineman. He would be perfect next to Hankins in the fact that He's a gap guy. Hankins is the run stuffer. You got next to him, you have Malik Jackson. He instantly improves their pass rush from the interior. So I think that's huge. The reason I don't want to go on the outside is because there's, they have so many unknowns, even with their own two guys, that that plays so hard into the outside. It's hard for me to predict what the heck is going to happen with them at defensive end. So I think it's a little easier to say Malik Jackson is the guy in the interior. He would fit nicely in that defense, be a difference maker. And as Ben McAdoo said, you know, what do they want to do in order to get better? The easiest and quickest way to get better is to improve the two lines. So I think that's a good way to do it. And my under-the-radar guy, he's not that under-the-radar in the fact that he's not, you know, a starter, he's not a veteran, is Jarrell Freeman, middle linebacker from the Indianapolis Colts. I think this is a guy you should keep an eye on. The middle linebacker crew is not that deep. It never is. Who gives up a middle linebacker that can play? But this is a free agent, started on the Colts the last few years. This is a quality player. I know he's 29 years old, but hey, at middle linebacker, they can't get picky right now. They just might need a guy, even if you can only play two downs. A guy that's there, that runs the show, that plays you know 80% of the snaps. So I think Jarrell Freeman is a guy that the, you can see the Giants go strong after. Maybe get a three or four, three years, three year deal, something like that. Uh, even though he's 29 years old, but that's a starting middle linebacker in the NFL that can hold them over for a little bit. And even if they go and they find someone in the draft that's their middle linebacker, uh, you know, in the second, third, or fourth round, that they could bring that guy along slowly and have Freeman as their starter for the next few years. James, how about for you? Who's the big name you think is going to land here? I mean, I, I'll just go the the other defensive lineman. I'll go with Olivier Vernon. Um, he just seems to me like I think it's pretty simple. You just probably have to pay the guy enough money that the Dolphins will say thanks, but no thanks. So if it's, I think it's probably may just be a matter of money. And you know, look, even if they bring back JPP and Ayers or one or the other, and they draft a guy, you can never have enough guys coming off the end rushing the passer. Vernon's not. Great, but he's productive. You know, he, he's you're going to get something out of him. You're going to get your seven, eight sacks a year. Um, he's a guy who can be there for the next couple of years. So he's the guy I would tag to that could probably land there. Um, I don't know if he's as under the radar, but uh, Alex Boone, the 49ers guard tackle, um, Giants fans would know him as the guy that John Beeson uh ripped <laughs> during the season right. after Beeson got his concussion. Um, look. He's he's big. He's nasty. You know, he's played guard. He's played tackle. Um, he had a little some injury issues at the end of the year, but for the most part, he's been healthy in his career. And he, you know, he, he was coached by New Giants offensive line coach Mike Solari in in San Francisco. So, you know, I think a guy like uh, 
is it Osamele? Am I saying that right? I think so. Yeah, yeah I, I, we should just go with it. I mean, it yeah. sounds right. I, know he, I know he goes by KO down there in Baltimore. Yeah. All right, so, so, the, like, so if he signs, you guys just call him KO. Yeah, I was going to say, but you know. It's like Oa. Oh, yeah, yeah, Oa. <laughs> From what I understand about KO, um, I, he sounds like a guy the Ravens would really like to have, and he sounds like they're willing to pay him to be their left tackle. So that's not going to happen in New York with, with Eric Flowers. So – I don't know if he's necessarily a guy that is very likely to be with the Giants, but but Boone seems like a guy who's looking for a change of scenery. The Giants have some experience with them now in house, and you know you can play both guard and tackle, which I think is something that the Giants value. And you know they're trying to build that tough guy unit, and he's a tough guy, no doubt about it. I like the veteran presence that he would bring to me. You know, that's the kind of guy that seems to, that that those three young guys kind of need. They need a good proven veteran who's been around for a little while and he knows the offensive line coach i think that's that's a win-win-win yeah that'd be a great one i I think he's a really good player too and um i mean that would solidify four of the five you would think for now at least young guys on the offensive line i mean they'd have you can get by in the other spot i think you know you you can can. four, four solid you can get by with the other spot a little bit i think he's 26 so you'd have four of your five starters 26 or younger i mean that's I mean, and then you believe in all of them, too. I mean, they're all high picks uh, and, and good. Obviously, osamele has been a starter on a Super Bowl team. So yeah. they would believe in him, give him a lot of money. That would be a uh, – that'd be quite an offensive yeah. line that could come together. Joe, I was going to say, the thing with the offensive line that I find to be not as talked about as much is that if they get a guy like Boone or, or KO and, and they think that Bobby Hart can play, you have John Jerry and Newhouse under contract as depth guys – You've got a pretty good, in theory, you know, core seven on your line there going forward. And it would step in, and Hart's age would fit right in, so you'd have all five starters under the age of tw- 26 or younger. If he started, yeah. But that's if you get Osamele. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Or, if, you or get, if you get a guy like Boone, then you're, you're a little older. He's, uh, what, a 29-year-old, yeah. which I think is a good mix. I think you need that one. Or I like, the, I like the, kind of the idea of having that one older guy, you know, that one little seasoned veteran type guy. I think it could serve a benefit with the other guys around. Yeah, that would. I don't know any any upgrade they make is going to be an important one. And I I agree with you too, Jordan. I mean, if you get a veteran and that could kind of help the young guys out. All right, my big guys would be I'll go Vernon as the big guy. They're going to land the defensive end from the Dolphins, and so he has the transition tag. Is that right? So the Dolphins can yes. match. So the Giants obviously would have to you know give a significant offer to get Miami to maybe walk away from that, and then the under the radar guy. Uh, I think you just have to do the money. You just got to get the money. You got you to gotta front load a lot of that money. Yeah. The, Dolph- the Dolphins, you know, are already shifting a lot of their money around. They, they probably wouldn't want to take up a big upfront money hit. Yeah, the I suit believe, contract changed things over there for them. I believe the transition tag this year was like $12.7 million. Mm-hmm. So if the Giants could, you know, front load it and be like, I guess, around 14 or $15 million, I'm sure the Dolphins would probably – Say they can't match that. Yeah, it's just a matter of guaranteed money. You just put a lot, some of that, a lot of that guaranteed money up front for Vernon, and it would make his cap number high this year. You know, you can make his. The Giants could absorb a big cap number if if that's their guy. So that that's the benefit of having all this money. And then for my under the radar guy, I'm, we'll see if I can pronounce this one right. I'm going to go with George Iloka. George, safety. can't you can't you pick guys with easy names? I know, I know. Well, I mean, it's not my fault. This is what these guys' <laughs> names are. Um, here's what I know. I can remember about Jerry Reese. Two times now over the past what six, seven years, he's tried 
to land the top safety in free agency. He did it once when Antro Roll paid him a ton of money that year. I think he was the highest paid safety in the league You know, the moment he signed that contract. And then they tried last year with Devin McCourty. So he likes these guys, guys that are in their late 20s, mid to late 20s that are maybe still ascending as players that could be back there for a long time. You guys both mentioned how big of an issue free safety is. Now, Weddle is a really good player, but he's 31, and, and obviously, you know, he said he wants to play for a Super Bowl contender. That's probably not the Giants, but uh, Iloka is 26 and coming off a good year with the Bengals. I, that one makes some sense to me, uh, and he's not that big of a name, but I think he'll, he'll get paid pretty well. Yeah, you say not that big of a name, and I think that's true, but that doesn't mean he's not known by teams. I mean, I was hearing numbers like, this is a guy who's probably going to get paid between 6 and $8 million a year. On the open market, a 26-year-old quality starting safety in the NFL. So, so he's known he, where he has to be known. Yeah, he, he's going to be known by the guy that's uh, you know looking at his bank account by the time this is done. So yeah, good good player, Iloka. He's a very good player. He can do both too. He's a guy who can hit, play near the line, and he's pretty good in coverage. And like you said, Joe, 31-year-old safety to me, I don't know. That's not a good investment. No. Yeah, if, now, and, unless you're a team that's just like maybe a, a safety away for a year or two, right, and right, that's probably right. not the Giants at this point. So, yeah, yeah, I don't think the Giants are there. I'm I, I pretty sure you guys agree with that. Yeah, it probably doesn't make sense for either party when you think about it. Agreed. Whether it be, whether it be Weddle or the Giants. All right, so this whole thing gets going. Uh, so they'll be able to talk to their guys today and tomorrow, and then uh, Wednesday we'll start the bonanza that is NFL free agency. Um, you guys, I was going to say, get some sleep, but you'll probably be busy from now until uh, the end of March with all this stuff. But this should be fun as the Giants. I, I don't remember the last time they were right near the top of the NFL in cap room. Obviously, they probably never had this much just because the cap goes up every year, you know, in cap space. But I don't remember the last time they had percentage wise this much to work with. So you guys, you guys are going to be busy over the next couple of days, I would imagine. Yeah, it's going to yes. be a busy time of year for sure. I mean, uh, you know, free agency is nuts, so there'll be a lot of rumors, and uh, the Giants are going to be involved in a lot of them, which should make it fun, though. Giants fans are going to be yelling, cursing, and cheering at the same time. Probably. That sounds about right. That sounds like Giants fans that we, that we all know. <laughs> all right, guys, I appreciate this. You guys go get to work. We'll be reading on NJ.com, and we'll get back and do one of these soon, maybe after a couple signings or when we feel like it's time to react to uh, how the Giants have changed their team. Thanks, Jordan. Anytime, Joe. You got it. Thanks, James. No problem, Joe. And thanks to all of you for listening to episode 44 of Talk is Cheap, our free agency preview here. Uh, make sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher. Make sure to read NJ.com and be there uh, this whole week and next week as the Giants have about $60 million to spend in cap room. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.